and welcome to the Stop Running From This Podcast, a Ghost re- Adventures Review Podcast. There you go! Yes. <laughs> we know the title of our podcast. I trip over it every time I tell people. <laughs> I'm Kim. And I'm Sam. Yes. And this week we are covering episode 7, The Edinburgh Vaults. We are finished with season 1. Yay! Okay, so this episode, no landmarks hold as many ghosts or as dark a, pl- a pass as the vaults under South Bridge in Scotland. That is the shortest description we have gotten for a Ghost Adventures episode yet, which is ironic because it felt like this episode took forever. Oh my gosh, it was the longest episode of my life. But honestly, that that sounds like someone phoning it in. Like, mm, I, I would have written a different description. Yeah, no, because we're, we're sitting here watching it, and at one point we're like, how far are we? And then we look, and it's like, oh my god, we still have, like, five minutes left. Yeah, we, we took we took a good long break towards the end of this one, because it was it was going, and going, and going. It is the same length as every other episode. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, I know five minutes doesn't seem like a lot of time, but in, it felt like 15 yeah. Like, because they were still going. I'm like, how much longer do we have of this? And it's like, oh my god. You, so you know, like, the way time dilates when you really have to go to the bathroom? That's what this entire episode felt like. Except we didn't have to go to the bathroom. No. <laughs> um, Alright, so let's, let's crack into this. Yes. So, <laughs> Zach and the gang head to Edinburgh. And first thing we notice is that Zach has a haircut. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Sam is not pleased by this my haircut. My is what's going on on his head. He looks like Sonic the Hedgehog. He looks like, uh, you know the sort of bristly thing you wipe your shoes on? Uh, he looks like a bad anime character, like a background character. <laughs> Well, he's lacking blue hair, so he's definitely a background character. Yeah. And he's wearing a freaking Ed Hardy-esque rhinestone cross t-shirt, and I just... Mmm. <sighs> That's some bad fashion, y'all. Yeah. And then they go and start talking to random people, and they hit up this random woman. She's like, I'm psychic and I won't go down there when talking about the vault. I'm like, of course, the random woman you hit is a psychic. Okay, I did have, before we, before we get into the reviews, I had a, a concern. They what is shot that? all of these reviews from so low. Even the ones that weren't like ridiculously low were still low. They had to do that dramatic angle, yo. I don't want to be seeing someone's, uh, underside of their chin and honestly a lot of these were like okay hold on, i'm gonna get weird for a second they were older women so you're looking at a part of the body that when you start to show age you'll show age there so you might not be as firm you might be a little more wrinkly i don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable about their neck area but this is a thing that happens with age and you're beautiful and don't worry about it but that's what was like front row center on a lot of these older yeah, women. These women were gorgeous, but that was just not a good angle for them. It was a decidedly unflattering angle. And to be fair, it's an unflattering angle for, like, anyone. For anyone, but especially if you're looking at, like, older people, women in particular. I feel like dudes don't mind if they start getting a little saggy in the neck area. They start to look distinguished or something. No, they start to look distinguished when they go gray. If they get saggy, they're like, really mold. Yeah, but, like, every Founding Father image you've ever seen has, like, saggy-ass underjaw. Oh, that's because every Founding Father image we've ever seen, they're all, like, in their 40s. Yeah, but living harder lives than people in their 40s have now. You know, dying from yellow fever, having wooden teeth, all that types. Dysentery. Hippopotamus teeth. That sounds really awesome, though. Uh, in any case, I, I, that's the first thing I noticed on these interviews, they, the angle was really bad and really unflattering, and a lot of these were just zoomed too far in. Like, it was really, you're really in on these um, women 
their neck is the center of the frame. You're not really focusing in on their eyes or focusing in on their neck. And I thought, I thought they had a video guy. I thought, you know, the video guy was like a video guy, not a guy with a video camera. No shade. All the shade. Well, all the shade. Remember, they went to film school. So you get, so you want time to be artsy sometimes. Also, before I forget, you might notice in this episode, there's no fan sound. Oh. You know why? You fixed it! Well, that, and also, we fixed it by taking the computer, placing it away from the microphone, and putting a blanket on top of it. I, we should take a picture and post this, because it's a little ridiculous, <laughs> but on the same token, it's a little ridiculous. I'm in love with it, because this is what ingenuity looks like. Also, with my luck, there's totally going to be fan noise, and I'm just going to give up. It's also raining outside. Yeah, but I'm on, like, the 19th floor. It's not like you can hear rain. No, while you were stepping out, it started coming down real hard, and you could hear it. I was like, huh. Well, then, peaceful noises as we go into the batshit insanity that was this episode. Yeah, so if you start feeling like you have to go to the bathroom, it's the rain noises in the background. Yeah, spring finally came to New York, which means it's pouring. Yeah. So, uh, they're in Scotland, going to do the Edinburgh Vaults, and I just want to say everybody that they interview, even the random people on the streets, have such delightful accents. If you are Scottish and you have a nice Scottish brogue, I'm in love with the sound of your voice. You're in love with any European accent. Yes. I'm easy. Like, if you have an accent, Sam is, like there. I'm here. I'm listening. You know that, you know, that apparently American accents are a thing over in England? That people like to listen to? Yes! Good, I'll be popular. (laughs) Or, so I've heard. That sounds fake to me. They also think we're all cowboys. Or they did until Trump. No, I'm from New York City. I'm not a cowboy. I'm not even going to try that. (laughs) It's like, don't we all ride horses? Like, Bitch, please. I have ridden a horse. I have not. I'll see if they still do trail rides at the park. (laughs) Okay. So, in addition to everyone having such lovely accents... It was so good. So, they're talking about the history of the vaults. And they mention how the vaults hit how the poor and the undesirable. And what was the phrase he used to describe the businesses that replaced... Social businesses. So, after the proper businesses moved downtown off of the South Bridge... Um, social businesses, said this old man. Was he a priest? He looked like he was wearing a collar. No, 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 he was a historian. Okay. Social businesses moved in. Um, by social businesses, he means, uh, gambling halls and, uh, flop houses and... Brothels. Brothels. Mostly brothels. I really got the sense that when he said social businesses, he meant sex work. Oh, I just assumed that's what he meant. Yeah, but then he goes into, like, all these other things that are not sex work, and I'm like, bro... You, we're, we're, we're big people. We're adults. No, I appreciate that, because I think he assumed that everyone's going to think sex work, and he's like, well, it wasn't just that. It was all these yeah, other things, yeah. too, which are all associated most of the time with sex work, especially around the 19th century. When you may not have a room to go back into of your own to do your sex work in. So, flop houses. They also talked about the body snatchers. Resurrection men is such a good term. Yes, because they brought up the dead. Yes, so good. Yeah, so the body snatchers were a thing. Um, and then they talk about how... Well, wait, go, sorry, go ahead. I want to talk about body snatchers for a little bit, because this is like my favorite, or not my favorite part of history, but like it's one of the cool things in history. Yeah. So they weren't just collecting bodies like, you know, sell the goods. They were also actually selling them to medical schools, because for medical schools, you need cadavers to dissect. And at the time, you can only get cadavers if they were donated or um, criminals. So, they would buy cadavers. Because, you know, if you were poor and your family member just died, it's like, well, you know, we need the money, so. And then there were people who took advantage of that, and they'd go dig up graves to, to get the body and sell them. Actually, there were two dudes in Philadelphia, whose names I can't remember, who got tired of waiting for people to die to sell the, the bodies. So, um, they went a more express route. And I guess they could then guarantee freshness. Yep. The fresher the body, the better you got paid. This is especially important in the summer when uh, bodies decayed relatively rapidly. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun facts. 
So yeah, the Resurrection Men is like. I feel like that's also a title of a movie, but I could be wrong. I know it. It's a line in a Fall Out Boy song. Okay. This is my realm of experience. <laughs> All right. So um, and then they also had after the potato famine, the Irish come in. Um, which he, he was like, and then, you know, in the 1840s and 50s, we had the Irish. And Zach's like, the potato famine? And we're like, oh, honey, you know one thing. I'm very proud of you. Uh, well, what background is Bagans anyway? Um, I don't know. He might be of Irish descent. Um, he... I don't want to be rude, but he does sound... He does look, you know, generic American white person. Yeah. Hold up. Elevator music. Because <laughs> I know it's Baggins and not Baggins, because Baggins is hobbits. Baggins is derived from... It's English. Okay. It's derived from the old English word for bow. Oh. Archers. Yes, bows, as in, like, archery bows. Because when I first read it, I thought bows is in, like, hair ribbons. But yeah, so it's English in descent. Anyway. He may know <laughs> about the potato famine for other reasons. <laughs> Colonialism. Um, yeah, so one of the ghosts that they talk about is a woman who appears all in black, angry, tearing at her clothes, tearing at her hair, and psychics have said she's upset because she lost a child. Um, and she's known to dislike pregnant people and, um, shove people. I thought that was a different one. No, it, they, they linked these two. They did? Yes. Okay. Because they, they really had, like, the three, well, three and a half entities that they talked about. Three and a half and a dog. No, four. They barely, like, the cobbler didn't really... The cobbler was... Well, get to the cobbler. Yeah. Okay, so there's the woman in black who is not a fan of pregnant people because she lost a child. Um, and there's a note about how good the accents are. And then there's a ghost child named Jack. I'm not about ghost children. I don't. I'm not down with ghost children. Even if people are like, yeah, no, we swear it's a child. Mm-mm. Well, before we get to Zach, I have a note that there... All the women have just beautiful necklaces, and it made me really happy. They were very well accessorized. Also, they talked... Zach went to... The, when they were talking about the children, this is before they get to Zach and the woman. Uh, Jack and the woman, not Zach and the woman. Yeah. So before I talked about Jack, they went into one of the vaults, and everyone's no, like, oh, people feel uncomfortable in here. Mr. Boots is after Jack. Mr. Boots is after Jack? Yeah. Okay, then maybe I just wrote him afterwards. But yeah, but, because it's not necessarily Mr. Boots that I was going to go into. Oh, yes. But, like, when they go into that, Zach goes, oh, oh, wow, I don't feel well in here. And I'm just like, like, yeah, people say they feel well in here. I'm like, well, it's probably claustrophobia. Because Zach is not exactly the tallest of dudes. No. And his head is almost hitting the top of the vault. You mean... He's greasy spikes. Also, for someone who complains so much about mold, he goes into this place that is dark and damp and literally dripping because the water filters through. They're four stories down. They say and later. no fucking mold. No fucking mask. It's like, hold up. The, you do know that mold likes to grow in nice, cold, dark place. Actually... Yeah, mold likes, like, cold and dark. Yeah. Uh, fungus. No, mold is a fungus. So, no, mold likes warm. Sorry. I'm mold sure. likes warm and dark. But there are... But there Point are also, being, there are things that like cold, dark temperatures. And the fact that you're not wearing a mask and that bothers me. But it also couldn't have been too cold because they're all in their shirt sleeves, pretty much. Well, it was summer. Yeah, so it's probably full of mold. And we know that there used to be organic material hanging out down there because uh after we talk about jack who is apparently a nice child who's friendly and wants yeah, to hold he just, your hand he, he misses i guess he misses his mommy i don't because they think that he was a missing child yeah. so he's like he holds people's hands and he's really pretty friendly and i'm like oh and of course jack being the sweet baby boy that he is 
I said Zach again, didn't I? No, you said Jack. I said Jack? Okay. So Jack, being the sweet baby boy that he is, picked the biggest room to be his home. Yeah. If he's actually a child. I don't fuck with that. I don't know. And Mm. we'll talk about why I think he might be a child later. Because he hasn't really done anything except trying to hold people's hands. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But then they talk about Mr. Boots. They call him that because he wears big stompy boots. Um, who is a slum landlord, maybe? Okay, so there is this absolutely darling woman with a, like, blonde bob and a wonderful pink jacket and some good neck jewelry. Um, and, like, they're shooting her from, like, a level under her boob, like, directly up. It's a really bad angle for her, but she seems charming. She's got a nice, strong accent. And, um... She describes him as having a leering grin with no eyes. She goes, how do I know this? Because I've seen him. And Zach doesn't react to that. Um, She's like, well, and he's known to say two words. Get out. And she says it twice. And on the third time, she shouts in Zach's face. Zach looked like he pissed his pants. It was. Oh my god. Not laughing. Like, he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. They they have a bleep there because he, he says a... He says a bad word. First, that we have no problem saying on this podcast, which I feel like we should put a parental old guidance in the beginning of our episodes from now on. Anyway. We say the fuck <laughs> word, kids. Don't tell your parents. We also talk about sensitive topics. Yes. Uh, like death and rape and being gang raped in a prison j- bathroom. I really don't like that. Anyway. That was bad. So, one of my notes is, of course, when they introduce Mr. Boots, um... Zach is like, there's one more, the most evil of them all. And I'm just like, of course you saved the evilest for last. Right? Um, also, when she was talking about Mr. Booch just saying get out and how everyone has this refrain that Mr. Booch just doesn't like visitors. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, Mr. Booch just wants you to get off his lawn. Yeah. Though, when she does shout, um, is when we finally get a wide shot and they're standing in this absolutely gorgeous cemetery. Which, Which it's may or may not be Greyfriars. And we'll talk about Greyfriars, because I have yeah. issues with that. We have issues. We have issues with that. When I say issues with that, not with the cemetery itself, but how the show goes about. Yeah, we'll get there. We're getting there. Um, so, there's a, a cute girl on a stool who's very adorable. She talks about how there was an instance where this woman got shoved, and people who witnessed it saw that there's no one behind her, but also that her face appeared deformed and different. Um, which I was really hoping we'd get a moment of that later, and spoiler, we don't. We don't. Also, so, Zach does this whole intro about the vaults, and he and Nick are filming this walking in the bus lane, in the street, and I'm like, Zach, get your ass out of the street. And we don't mean like, oh, they're on the streets, on the sidewalk, nay. No, we mean nee. the fucking road. I'm like, Zach, no. Like, honey, you're an American in a foreign country. Obey the laws, first of all. Second of all, you're in a fucking city. Why the fuck are you in the street? <laughs> it hurt me. It hurt me. Though I'm kind of happy he wasn't on the sidewalk because then he'd be walking very slowly. But now he's walking. Well, he was in a bus or bike lane at some point. Which is a It was a better. bus lane. Okay. No, no, it was a bus lane when he was recording this. Yeah. And he was walking backwards. But he also could have just... Stood still. I I don't like it when people film in the streets, and this might be the New Yorker to me. But like, if someone ever jumps in the street or they start like taking photos in the street, I get really angry. I get very anxious for them, like because I'm not here to witness a murder. I'm not here to witness a death. I'm not here to witness a crime. I'm not here to witness. I also drive, and like now I understand why people hate driving in New York City. It has nothing to do with the roads or the drivers. Because then if you get in New York City, it's pretty easy. It's the fucking pedestrians. And the cabs. The cabs. The cabs. The cabs, the cabs make it hard to pedestrian. And um, the cabs make it hard to drive. So, they're filming in the street, and I'm just like, get out of the fucking street. Like, I was getting anxious on their behalf, but clearly they don't get hit by a car on camera that they then show. Because they wouldn't show that, right? Right? No. I don't know. They've shown stupider shit. But also, then they wouldn't be able to complete the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a time. Let's see. They do a walkthrough with Dez. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they we start the off-camera count on the walkthrough. 
Cause Zach is like, we're gonna be here all night, Mister Boots. And then, and then Nick sees someone walk by off camera. Oh wait, before they get, before they get there. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. I skipped a big thing. The candelabra. I actually missed several things. Cause then, as he's walking, he's talking about how. A woman who was supposed to, like, christen the bridge got murdered instead or something, and that's why the bridge is cursed. And by cursed, he means there was crime and disease. You know, a thing that would happen because of the socioeconomic conditions of the people who are living under a fucking bridge. But, whatever. Well, there was also, like, and then, what does he say, the vaults were discovered in, like, 1980s, 1990s? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, they were discovered. You guys can't see me doing the air quotes, but doing air quotes. They were discovered the same way the African burial ground was discovered. I'll give you, I'll tell you something about city planning. They have old maps. They know where these entrances are. It's just they, usually there's like a private entity on top of it. So they can't do anything until that private entity leaves and they're like, oh my God, there's door to a vault here. We totally didn't know that that was there. It's like, bitch, you totally do. No, you do. You do. It's like someone probably discovered the pyramids at some time. People like saying that they fucking discovered shit that everyone knew was already there. It's like, especially with maps. Like, cities like that, they have maps. You can overlay old maps onto modern maps and see where shit was. You know how I know this? Because I've you've done, done it. it. My dad collects maps and is a city planner. Anyway, the point <laughs> on that are being, like, they're like, oh yeah, some dude discovered it by, like, climbing under his house. Like... He didn't discover jack shit. He discovered there was an entrance, but he didn't discover the faults. Yeah. And it doesn't even sound like there was a proper entrance there. Like, something shifted. He's like, let me go down a hole. Like a stupid person who doesn't want to live. <sighs> anyway, so Des takes them on a walkthrough underground, and he's holding, like, an oil lamp, and Zach has, like, a fucking candelabra. It is fantastic! I love the aesthetic. They're going down these stairs that have, like paint peeling off of the walls and they're narrow and they're winding and I'm like someone's gonna die um what you say that like that's not normal for ghost adventures no I know I know these stairs look dangerous is what I'm saying I don't think you would have convinced me to go down yeah so then they talk about Mr. Boots room because Des is doing like and this is where all the thing is and uh Apparently, Mr. Boots doesn't like lights or people, doesn't like lights on his face. Oh, and in the corner of that room, they found the body of a young girl that they believe he fucking murdered. Uh, she may have been a sex worker and he fucking murdered her. Well, I mean, if he was her pimp, he could have just, like, been a client. Also, was I the only one who kept picturing Mr. Boots as an angry Boots the Monkey? You see, I was thinking it was, like... Negaverse Puss in Boots. <laughs> because I'm ridiculous. I was thinking Boots the Monkey, so let's. <laughs> we're both ridiculous. That we're not thinking Scary Man in Boots. We're thinking. No. They made such a point about how big and snoppy his boots were. All I could think of was like an evil Puss in Boots. See, all I could think of was an evil Boots the Monkey. Animals in Boots, y'all. Um, right, and that's when Zach issues a, a, a challenge, like, oh, we're gonna be here all night, and then they have, um, two things happen off camera. Nick sees someone walks by, and Aaron hears someone, like, grr. Oh, yeah, this is when he goes into Mr. Boots's room, yeah. and he goes, I, I don't know, man, I don't feel right. I'm like, well, your head's kind of touching the ceiling, it is a tiny space, and it is dark. That feeling, that uneasy feeling, it's called claustrophobia, dude. That's a panic attack ready to happen. I, I don't, I don't even think it was a panic attack. Just like, it's not uncommon to feel uncomfortable in small, tight spaces, especially ones that are really dark like that. Like, that's actually a normal reaction. No, and like, it, it's a damp, it's not like a nice dry hole. Like, it's not a sandy hole, like a hole a hobbit lives in. Um... This is a dirty, nasty hole that a hobbit would not live in. <laughs> yeah, like, it, I don't think it was, like, I don't think he was starting to get panic attack. I mean, I think it was just a natural heightened response to being in that type yeah, of environment. Yeah, he's, he's paying attention to how he feels, but he ascribes it to a presence instead of ascribing it to, like, being in a dirty, nasty fair, hole. To be fair, paying attention to how he feels is very relevant to what's going on in the show, because that's how they, A, it makes for good television. It does. B, it adds to the hype. 
I mean, there's and that. also like and it's also good to pay attention to your body. Yeah, when it's you're like doing noticing differences in your surroundings is usually how you know that there's like if you feel different and the energy changes in a room, Ooh, that can really signal example. something. And I don't just mean paranormally. I mean like in general, that's your flight and fight response. That's your danger response. Feeling that difference, it can give you a clue as something's about to happen. Yeah, I have a, I have a story about my haunted house that I didn't tell you. Oh no! Okay. Okay. So yesterday it was absolutely gorgeous and sunny, and I was home. Was your roommate mad that you opened the window? I opened the window, and I go up, and it's about sunset, to go close it and to get some booze, because we're having a mini celebration, and. I walk up the stairs, and when I tell you, it felt like the windows had been closed for, like, 30 years. Just how heavy it was. And I'm literally standing there like, no, we're not doing this. I don't like it. No, stop. (laughs) No. I start just shouting at my attic. It was fun. Like, why? Why are you like this? I'm surprised your parents don't think you're crazy. (sighs) The only reason they don't think I'm crazy is because they hear someone walking around when I'm not home. Oh, no! You didn't tell me that! You never told me that! I have known you for, like, almost 12 years, and you've never told me that! <laughs> I have never told you that? No, I've known you for 12 years. Not almost 12 years. I've known you for all, for 12 years at this point. A long time. And you've never told me that! Yeah, no, they hear footsteps up there when I'm not around. I've heard footsteps when I am up there and not moving. You've told me about footsteps when you're up there. Yeah. You've never told me about footsteps no, when no one else is up there. Footsteps. You've never told me that! Yeah, there's footsteps when no one else is up there. Bro. Yeah. So, it's haunted. Sage it out. I've done that. Well, to be fair, sage only gets rid of negative energy. If your ghost... That, is, that knocking is someone upstairs. Yeah, we just want to make that clear. I do have upstairs neighbors. <laughs> um, my apartment isn't haunted, I don't think. No. No, this place feels nice. Um, I it, Sage only gets rid of negative spirits, supposedly. So if your ghost isn't negative and doesn't wish you any ill will, then sage isn't necessarily going to work on yeah. it. Um, it's a friendly ghost, I think. Plus, I, like, I'm not an indigenous person, so it's not like I'm doing like a, a smudging ritual, because that's not something I do. Um, Are you Puerto Rican? Yes, but like the indigenous people of Puerto Rico don't use sage. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, they don't, that's why they don't think I'm crazy, because they've experienced this. Okay. Um, yeah, when I got upstairs, it felt really fucking heavy and negative which i have a feeling i actually have two roommates oh one is like my regular roommate that i'm chill with Mm -hmm. and one comes and goes and i'm not chill with that person so it's really important to pay attention to your sounds especially when you know that they're in a place that has activity because that really tells you like the sort of thing that you're working with like my regular roommate just feels like there's someone hanging out with me, sometimes too close, and then I have to have a talk about personal space and boundaries. We've been okay with that. Sometimes there's something else that really does not want me to hang out in there and apparently doesn't like it when I open the damn window. My mom keeps threatening, air quotes, to have a priest come and bless the place if I keep complaining about activity in the house. And I keep saying, oh, fucking do it. Except I don't cuss at my mom because I like living. <laughs> not being oh. dead. So yeah, that's that's the update on Sam's house. Hey, speaking of exorcisms. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say that um, I slept fine last night, and this morning the room was back to normal, so we're doing okay. I, I did not open the window today. Anyway, so speaking of, like, terrifying roommates, so they're in Mr. Boots's room. <laughs> I like that segue. In the vaults. And... Zach challenges Mr. Boots. (laughs) Hold up, we need more wine for this shit. More wine, ASMR. We are not. And that's why we drink. But, Christine. (laughs) We're team wine. We're team wine, yo. (laughs) And he challenges him and he goes, oh, you shouldn't have challenged him. Well, Des actually says, no one's done that before. Which I have a hard time believing. You're telling me. That a whole bunch of people who maybe some of them have drunk before going on a tour. Bitch, please, you're done telling me that some of them isn't some American redneck who's like, I ain't afraid no Mr. Boots. Come at me, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. 
Ghostbusters. Okay. I'm I'm afraid of ghosts. Let me not tell lies. Um, yeah. So when Des says that, Zach goes from like looking like oh gosh something just happened to looking very um like he's about to shit his pants yeah he's like very like oh yeah oh yeah and then he's like no seriously no one's ever done that like you might and then they start hearing shit and zach goes from like entertained to oh shit yeah it was great you know what i love it when you get to see like hubris get it oh and zach gets get a lot come of it. it so quickly it's oh, that's why i love this show so, in addition, so they talk about Jack choosing the big room, and apparently there's a ghost puppy! My only notes are, all caps, there's a ghost dog, OMG, I love you ghost dog. There's a ghost puppy and it makes me happy! Looks yeah, and it like seems like everybody in the vault is pretty friendly, except for Mr. Boots and the lady who pushes pregnant woman. Because, uh, like, Jack just wants to, Jack just, like, wants to hold your hand. The ghost dog is just, well, a dog. And then there's the cobbler, Which who's is just, like, happy do. to see people, and he just, like, smiles at you and continues his work. Yeah. Um, and it's in his room that the the woman in black apparently appears. Yeah, and it, it's weird. It's like, the room is separated. It's like, in one part of the room, it was all nice and friendly, and the other part of the room is kind of dark. And to be honest, if she, if she lost a, a child under, like, suspicious, we'll say suspicious circumstances, I totally understand why she'd be fucking pissed off all the time. Also, what's weird is I think it was in there in the cobbler's room. Yes, this is where the camera issue comes up. Zach's candelabra starts getting super hazy. Like, it just looks like lens flare. Like, it, you know, like when you stare at a, you know when you look at a street lamp in, like, a really rainy or foggy day and it has that, like, halo around it? That's what the candelabra looked like. Like, if you put a little Vaseline on the lens or it gets a little wet. You know, like, moisture, which it's a damp place. But they pulled out and you still see it on Zach, but you don't see it on the guy who's holding the oil lamp. You don't see it on Who's standing right next to him. And then, and then they zoom in on Zach and it starts spreading to Zach's figure, too. And the best part is, it's not just on one part of the lens. Like, because then they zoom in on Zach. They zoom in and they zoom out and they move the camera and like we said, we... They pointed to Dez, who's holding the oil lamp, and he doesn't it's have that crystal effect. crystal clear. Because when I first saw them, I'm like, oh, that's lens flare. And then Sam's like, no, look at oil. I look at the oil lamp, and I'm like, what? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I had assumed at first that some moisture got onto the lens, which it's a damp place. That yeah, totally that, happened. that totally happens. And then Aaron's camera just suddenly turns off. And when he turns it back on... It's on a totally different set. And it's it's wrapped in, like, it's, it's wrapped for water protection. Yeah, because so it's, it's Scotland, not, it's rainy. It's not like, you know, like, there's something blocking the controls. So it would be a little hard for him to make those, sorry, make those changes. So that was, that was maybe my favorite part of this whole episode. And it's so early on. Oh my god. So then they go back outside, and they start interviewing random people, have such delightful accents, and of course they ask about the vaults, and someone mentions Queen of, Mary Queen of Scots, because... Of course. And then this one woman, who is the same woman who said she was psychic earlier, she's like, oh, you're going down in the vaults. Spend a night in the cemeteries above ground, then see if you're still brave enough to go in the vaults. I love her. And she tells My about Greyfriars. And then they say, we've never heard of Greyfriars. And I'm Which- like... Bitch, how can you be into the paranormal and not have heard of Greyfriars Cemetery, which is the most haunted place in the world? Which also, I don't understand why a cemetery would be haunted. You would think that ghosts would not want to spend time where they died. Yeah, like, I live near a cemetery, and sometimes it feels, like, occupied, but not, like, in a, you know, sometimes it just feels like there's people there. I mean, but it's my never, grandparents like, are there, so I'm there a lot, and I, like, never get that feeling. It doesn't feel occupied, like, actively. You know what I mean? Just, like, I don't think it's a person. I think it's just the energy of everybody coming Maybe. by and crying about that. That makes fun. more sense, yeah. Like, it's like, I find there. it comforting. Yeah, I also do. I like it. 
Well, then again, I, also I need like to take cemeteries. more walks there. But yeah. So anyway, so after they're like, "Oh, I've never heard of Great Fires." So then they go. So Kim and I, they say they've never heard of Great Fires. I were both here in mute horror. <laughs> like what now? I'm like, you went all the way to fucking Scotland. You're in Edinburgh, and you've never heard of fucking Great Fires. They've never heard of Great Fires. They it? didn't bother with St. Mary's Close, which I think it was in Edinburgh, if I remember correctly. I don't actually remember where that one is. I know that Great Fires is in Edinburgh because it's on my to-do list, and I don't have very many, like, actively haunted spots on my to-do list. I know Great Fires in Scotland because I've been interested in, like, ghosts and all that since I was a little kid. Yeah. Because even though I'm a skeptic, like, I think it's cool. And plus, you learn a lot of cool history from shit like that. Yeah. Like, you get a lot of history, and then... You learn a lot about the socioeconomic climate. Um, I'm not a skeptic. Um, well, when I, I say I'm a skeptic, I'm like... I want to believe, and I think there is evidence that presents that there's something else, but, like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I've i been living in a haunted house since I was five, so... I have not had that experience. <laughs> My mother, on the other hand... I just want to talk about the person who tells them about Greyfriars, because... Uh, this human being is so aggressively my type, I almost died. Oh my god. <laughs> he looks like a slightly taller version of your boyfriend, but with longer hair. Yes. <laughs> That's what my type looks like. Instead of a tongue piercing, he has a lip piercing. <laughs> so talk about, um, the dude you're leaving your Alex for. <laughs> I would never. But he's, he's gorgeous. He's wearing, like... Fingerless gloves that might be leather and a leather jacket, and like he's got this delightful facial hair and a tongue and a sorry a lip piercing and a a low black ponytail that's not too long. It's a very short ponytail. Um, uh, yes, I think my oh here's my note. Oh hello handsome, you'd break my heart. He does look like a taller version of my current boyfriend with longer hair. But yeah, so they go into Greyfriars. And Zach starts freaking out. They're going around and Zach's like, dude, what is this? What is this thing with the skulls and the decomposition? I don't like this. So this is when I learned that Zach is new to funerary art. And I'm just like, Zach, if you think this is bad, I need to introduce you to Tyrolean folk art. (laughs) So let me tell y'all something. My family comes from two parts, well, technically three parts of Italy. My mother's family is from the south by Naples, and my father's family is from the north. Um, my grandfather's on that side is from the Genoa area, and my grandmother is from uh, Tyrolia, which is up in the Alps. Actually, Tyrol is split between Austria and Italy. Yes. So when I, and this is, the reason why I mentioned this is because when I was in Austria with my parents, we went to Innsbruck, which is in Tyrol, and we went to the Tyrolean Folk Art Museum because Dad's like, I want to learn more about my heritage, right? S- sounds reasonable enough. Like, there's actually pictures of my dad and my Uncle Steve in, like, the traditional Austrian, like, Tyrolean outfit. Oh my god, that adorable. It is. I have to find it. But we go in. And the first thing we see is this super haunting, like, costume with all these random words around this. And it's really dark corner. And it's just terrifying. And I'm like, well, that's an entrance. All right. And then we go through the museum. The Tyrolians are fucking dark, yo. <laughs> like, I see decaying bodies. I see... Now, no, everything's in English, German, and Italian. So I actually can understand some of it. It was... And you showed me pictures. I showed Sam pictures. Like, what the fuck is this? There was literally a section of the museum that was just Tyrolean murder legends, and it was things like music boxes about Tyrolean murder legends. And I'm just like, what? There were tombstones. I should mention this was connected to a church. There was tombstones. There was just like dark noises. So we go into this one thing that was specifically about funerary art. So we walk in and we hear voices. The voices of little children in various languages whispering as we're passing by, like, tombstones. And my parents and I are like, 
the fuck is this? So we're walking around, and admittedly, a lot of it is gorgeous. There's a lot of, like, great woodwork. It's absolutely beautiful. And even the funerary art and the decomp bodies and the skeletons and all, that was great. My father and I walk out shell-shocked, and he goes, well, this explains a lot about your great-grandfather. Because <laughs> um, my great-grandfather was apparently a kind of terrifying man. That's amazing. So, Zach's sitting here, like, terrified of these relatively tame images. I'm just like, like I really... Zach, Zach, you would not survive in my family. Because we, our tradition is apparently worse. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's very basic European funerary art. You know, skulls with wings, some baby angels, you know, like, you walk through any, uh, any cemetery that has, um art especially if it's older where the art gets a little bit more and don't forget that at some point it was actually common for people who are married in england to have wedding bands that had skulls on them as a reminder of till death do us part <sighs> alex when you listen to this did you not know that i didn't know that you alex. know where i learned this alex when you listen to this you know where i learned this <laughs> where Seventh grade religion. It was in my textbook. You have such a better religion class than I did in seventh grade. Alex, when you listen to No, this. I just read ahead of everything because I was bored. When we get married, skulls <laughs> on our wedding bands. Anyway. <laughs> it's very basic. And they get to uh, Mackenzie's tomb. And now, for those of you who may not be familiar, Zach does a, a, a cliff notes, you're not going to do well on this test version of the Mackenzie thing. So let's not go into the Mackenzie the person, because Zach doesn't, and just talk about the the event. So a homeless man breaks into Mackenzie's mausoleum for shelter during a rainstorm or the winter or a weather event. And as he's, you know, getting cozy on the floor of this mausoleum and feeling very uncomfortable, the floor fucking gives way. And he is tossed, well, he cascades very many feet. And he, he's fine, though, because he lands on something very soft, decomposing plague victims. Uh, and they are, they are wet. It is gross. There's still clothing and skin and an ooze. Because it turns out Mackenzie was buried on top of a plague pit that apparently people kind of forgot about. This homeless man does not forget about it, obviously, because now he's found it. And uh, I can't remember if he is discovered alive in the morning or not. I do have to admit, so plague pits are something that are commonly actually rediscovered. Yes. Because that wasn't marked on maps just because they were burying so many people so quickly. It was not, like, maps were not a priority at that point. At a yeah. priority, it's like, get rid of the, the So, disease. unlike the vaults, I believe yes. that they did not know there was a plague pit there. Uh, they had not known about the plague pit. Or they may have known there was a plague pit around there, but they didn't know where it was. He gets buried on top of a plague pit, and then this homeless man falls in. God bless him. Uh, <laughs> clearly God was not blessing him if he fall into a plague pit, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the apparition of Mackenzie has been seen, and he's very angry, and people get hurt, and people have been scratched and pushed. And I mean, if someone desecrated my final resting place, too, even if it was accidental, like... I feel like if they then fall into a plague pit, justice has been done. But yeah, so... Like, it is it is a hot spot in the world of So yeah, so they, ta- they go to Greyfriars in the daytime, they film a little... Zach is scared out. by... European funerary art, and you can't see me rolling my eyes. But then I'm really rolling my eyes. They leave, and that is the last you hear about it. And then they go to get locked into the vaults. Yes, this is when the lockdown finally happens. So they have Kenny lock them in. This is the first time you meet Kenny. He's apparently the caretaker, and um, I don't think Kenny makes it to the end. No, I don't think he does. Because they killed Kenny. <laughs> Okay, not really. <laughs> but first of all, how is there a Scottish man named Kenny? Second of all, I'm sorry, it's hard not to talk about death and dying and not making a they killed Kenny joke. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, he seems very concerned. And when they're like, hey, so you're going to open us up at 640, right? That's when the sun rises. And he basically goes, maybe. <laughs> um, oh, actually, no. He goes, yes. Uh, and then when he's like, well, and if you don't find us, we might be lost. So come get us. He goes, mm. <laughs> but in in his Scottish caretaker way. But that's basically. So then they start going down the stairs. And Zach, and Aaron's in the front, and Zach goes, Aaron, can you see anything? Aaron, it's a fucking tunnel. It's what so do you think? He's like, I don't have my flashlights yet. And as everyone's pretty much ignoring him at this point, Aaron hears something off camera that isn't picked up. He hears a dragging sound. Um, I didn't actually write down that he's a dragging sound, just remember that. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, it's a dragging sound. Because I didn't think it would be important, but we'll get to that. Uh, then Zach immediately starts doing provocation with uh, Monsieur Boots. And I'm just like, sitting here chanting, punch Zach, punch Zach, punch Zach, punch Zach, punch Zach. He does not, and I am disappointed in you, Mr. Boots. I am disappointed. They really hyped you up. Uh, we really thought we were going to get a, a confrontation. Nothing. Um, my note and then here I is, had I get bored. And also, then I had a vision of Boots the monkey punching Zach in the face, and it made me very entertained. <laughs> but something does happen in that uh, Nick feels fingers through his hair on the side where it's short, not on the top where it might be brushing the ceiling. Yeah, and then Aaron hears something, and I'm just like, all oh, this is off camera, and I can't see it, and I can't hear it, and so Nick it starts yelling, exist. it's happening, it's happening, and I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? And then they kind of just cut there. You know, uh, the scene ends, and what was happening? I don't know, but they apparently Mr. Boots is a very grabby ghost. Yeah. Uh, the next thing that happens is uh, Nick doesn't feel well. He gets a headache, and then there's like an orb, whatever, whatever. Um, Zach fe- keeps feeling shit, and I'm just sitting here like, can something please happen? No. Because then the next thing that happened is Zach gets um, an EMF out, and he's feeling near. Nick's head, and then all of a sudden they get a, sc- a spike, and as they're freaking out over the spike, at the same time, something grabs his arm and then grabs Nick's neck, and, like, Zach's, like, nearly crouched down on the floor, shouting about how he feels like he got touched, and it's, like, a very chaotic moment, and it doesn't... Like I said, very grabby. He's a grabby ghost. He's... he's... but... And... He does not know personal boundaries. Yeah, and... Like, it would have been cool, but, again, like, that scene starts ending really, um, abruptly. Like, it doesn't go any farther, and, like... No, so then they immediately (sighs) move into splitting off, and Zach goes, What's your real name, Mr... None of this Mr. Boots nonsense. And I'm like, maybe Mr. Boots is his real name. You don't know, Zach. You don't know, Mr. Bowmaker. And, like, the other thing is, he's in Mr. Boots' room alone, and, like, he's getting freaked out and talking about how he isn't feeling well and how he's cold, and... No. So then they cut back to Nick and Aaron, and Nick and Aaron are exploring alone, and Aaron goes, yo, I wish there was someone leading me for once. And I'm like, why is there never anyone guiding me? Like, but our sweet baby boy Aaron, who we love, who is not treated well. No. no, we're kidding. Aaron is treated very well. He's treated well enough that he's now, like, a donor for, I think it was, like, you and... University of Nevada. Oh, yay! Basketball. You know, I, I say he's our sweet baby boy, but I was It's just making, because we love him. I was making disparaging comments about his videography earlier. No, I so. thought that was Nick. Either way. I don't know. Anything that's negative, I just blame Nick. I'm like <laughs> a terrible Nick. person. I like Nick. Um, um anyway. We so, cut back to Zach because nothing's going wait, on. Before they go, before they go, so they cu- keep cutting back and forth. Nothing's going on, Zach. They cut back to Nick and Aaron and Nick is, and Nick's like, did you like oysters? I heard you eat a lot of oysters. And the one thing I do appreciate is Nick actually explains, um, the thing about oysters. And the thing about oysters is at the time, uh, a lot of seafood, especially oysters and lobster were considered low class and peasant food. Because they were the bugs of the sea. They were filters. I've been saying for years that lobsters are the roaches of the sea. And I'm I mean, sorry. they are. If you don't like, if you if you do like lobsters, they are just roaches that live in the ocean and get really fucking big. Oh no, they are. But they're delicious roast roaches. Listen, 
I'm not about it. I'm also not a person who eats seafood anyway, so. But yeah, so then they cut back to Zach. Oh my gosh. And Zach is still trying provocation with Mr. Boots. He's like, call me whatever it, or you want. You just have to say it into this microphone. Come on. Talk into this fucking microphone. And he does actually say fucking, like they bleep it out. Yeah. Actually, before that happens, because I know where you're going, he's talking about how he doesn't feel well and how he feels an evil presence and he looking and he starts looking so scared. Now he's like getting all tough. And after he starts asking, he, he asks a question and he gets a cold blast of air, he says. Yeah. And then... He's like, what? I'm not afraid of you. I'm not leaving until I get an answer. And then he hears scratching. Right next to him. He goes, he jumps like three feet in the air. He jumps. His voice goes up three octaves. He's like, what? I'm not leaving here until I get something. And then, oh my god, oh my god. (laughs) No, and Israel's like, I'm not leaving here until I hear something. Oh my god. It was hilarious. hilarious. (laughs) We actually played it again. So Zach is scared out of his mind. So he calls for Nick and Aaron to come rescue him. And Nick and Aaron get so excited because they hear something and they're like, oh my god, did you hear that? What is that? Wait, is it just Zach? Oh, it's just Zach. And they're so disappointed when they realize it's just Zach. But despite their disappointment, they go and they rescue him anyway. And then they get there and they start hearing footsteps. And the three of them hear footsteps for six minutes continuously, which is awesome. But then they do this really stupid decision where they decide to like show you that it was continuously six minutes of audio. Thankfully, they don't show you the whole six minutes. But they spend a good like two to three minutes just showing you that it was continuous audio. So it's three men sitting in the dark, staring at each other, listening to footsteps. And I'm just like, really? Did we really need this? Really? So, at first, it was kind of terrifying. You hear the footsteps, you're like, oh my god, that's not them. And that it's actually, and it's definitely not above them, because you would have heard it this whole time, and you would have heard it when they were down there earlier. Yeah. This is a separate noise. They call it a dragging, which is... I did hear the dragging later on. Yeah. Or a sawing... For me, I mostly just heard like a, a bass noise that I mostly, wasn't consistent. Like I it, mostly it had heard a rhythm footsteps. to it. I mostly heard footsteps. Later on, I did hear what sounded like dragging. Yeah. It was it was definitely interesting from like an evidence collection standpoint, but from like a quality television standpoint, oh my gosh. Really, envision in your head three men staring, like eyes bulging, mouths gaping as they try to focus intensely on a sound while intermittently shushing each other so they can hear the sound. That's boring to watch. I was going to say, if you think that sounds boring, that's because it was. (laughs) It was interesting for the first 30 seconds. 30 seconds. And then after that, you're like, okay, we got the point, guys. Yeah. You could have just said it went on for six minutes. We believe you. We believe you. Yeah. So, it, it they they follow it to the the cobbler's room. Yeah, and then they get an EVP of a chick. Yes. Um. Supposedly, this female spirit. I actually get a little annoyed because um, Zach calls her an evil spirit, and I'm like, I'll fight you in the pit <laughs> over this woman. I. So here's the thing that bothers me. This is what makes me question that evidence. Is they hear knocking, and I'm like, okay, cool. And they ask a question, like, one knock for yes, twice for no. Then nothing, nothing, nothing. And then they hear something. Like, oh, that's a knock, and that was loud. I'm like, it sounds like something was thrown. Yeah. And admittedly, I don't think it was them, because Aaron's holding the camera. You see Zach. You see Nick. Yeah. But... Yeah, I was like, that was a knock. I'm like, that didn't sound like a knock and to me, but whatever. And the question they ask is, do you hate pregnant women? Which, I mean, we've already established that this is a person who lost a pregnancy in some way and um, feels a kind of way about other women who have not lost their pregnancy. Like, have they ever heard of empathy in their entire lives? So yeah, so at this point, they're down to like the last minute or two, and they're like, okay, so we got a bunch of stuff we're going to do. Oh no, this is, this is where we break, and we realize there's still five minutes left. <laughs> was it this point? I thought it was right before this. No! I thought it was, when, okay. No, because we have, like, ooh, 
it's a lady voice. And then they go to commercial break. And then they come back to, ooh, it's a lady voice. And, and I'm, I'm like, like, oh my god. I'm like, how far is it? And we see a full five minutes, which is a lot of in Ghost Adventures time. I mean, especially since it's like a what? A four, it's 44 minutes. So it's about 45 minutes. So that's almost a tenth of the show. Yeah. And like, I don't want to sound it's like... It's actually more than a tenth. It's a ninth of the show. Thanks, Kim. Yes, you are. I right. math. <laughs> One of us has to math. But, like, everything before the actual lockdown was interesting, and then they get locked down, and this might be one of their, like, least interesting lockdowns. And so, it's not because stuff doesn't happen. It's just the stuff that happens is so... You know what it is? It's like, everything before it was so interesting Yeah. that the lockdown wasn't disappointing. Shit happens. It's just, like, first of all, where's Jack? I was disappointed that the little boy didn't make an appearance. But then again, he's like, he may have just been like, these men are weird and stayed away. Which would be fair. And but it's cut together that. very strangely, too. Yeah. Because you'll have, like, moments of excitement, of excitement, of excitement, and then you'll cut from those there moments. There's also a lot of off-camera stuff in the beginning. Yeah. And I feel like they could have skipped the off-camera stuff and just shown the stuff that was captured on camera. Because they had a bunch, and then they could have given us a little bit more space between, like, And, you know, happens. not demonstrate that there were six minutes of audio. Oh, my gosh. No, they was... didn't show all six minutes. It just felt like it. It really did. So it then they the go, longest. okay, so what we're going to do is we have all these static cameras. We found our base. We have all these static cameras. We're going to set them up, and we're going to go. Oh, uh, they, they hear the dog first. I thought that was after they set up the static cameras. No, it's before. So, yeah. So it's right before. Jack doesn't make an appearance yet. As it, as so Jack doesn't make an appearance while they're down there, but they do capture the dog. And I got excited in my notes. I'm like, the puppy appears. Well, the puppy's heard. Yeah, they hear a puppy whine. And by puppy whine, I mean dog whine. But all dogs are puppies. All dogs are puppies. All of them. All of them. And they're all very good dogs. They're all good dogs. Yeah, and like at that, that was also a little bit underwhelming in presentation, because you go from the the high-octane, like, high-octane, like, oh, the woman who hates pregnant women is knocking on things, to Aaron in a room by himself trying to talk to the kid, and then there's a dog yelping. See, I think that's why I thought it was a static camera. Yeah. But then... Then we do set up the, the static tra- cameras. And they did save the best for last. And this is actually a piece of audio... This is a piece of video that show up... They show a lot. Yes. So they have the static cameras... And they have a bunch of toys set up in Jack's big double vaulted room. Yeah, they specifically name a bear and a ball while they're putting it down. And the bear fucking moves. Yes, on the camera, you can see the fucking bear turn a little and then move over. And tilt over as if like someone was like trying to like pick it up. But like it was like they're looking it at it and it was like ghost? trying to pick it up and then it gave up. Yeah. Or like they were looking at it and then they kind of like knocked into it. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, oh my god, that was good evidence. That was good. So very much on his own, and they show that a couple of times. When I say you show a couple of times, I don't mean this episode. I mean like when they're talking about like their favorite pieces of evidence, they actually bring that up. Yeah. Like, and it's a really good piece because you can see there's, there's nothing, nothing else there. there. My only, my only concern is from a videography standpoint, it looks like the camera's out of focus. It may have been. Um, which, if I were a hardcore skeptic, I'd say it's out of focus so you can't see the line of fishing thread or whatever. Which, you wouldn't be able to see the line of fishing thread anyway. Yeah. With a night fishing camera. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily look like a, a fishing thread situation. But... Also, they've. So, from the believer's side. Yes. I can't believe we switched sides on this. I know, this is fun. Um, play. <laughs> ghosts have made cameras have effect audio, audio and visual equipment and have made cameras go out of fo- focus before. And they've had camera issues in this site. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily this room, but they've had camera issues where. They had weird camera effects, so I wouldn't be surprised if it started out in focus and then somehow lost focus, and they just blamed it on, like, cameras. Which is a thing that happens. You can, like, focus rings can 
turn on their own a little bit. So yeah, and that's where the episode ends. Oh no, there's an EVP of a child. Oh, I just ignored it because... It's so fucking faint. It's really faint and it could be anything. And I was just like, it. that's nothing. I didn't even bother writing it down, something like that. It's bullshit. Also, this was like a year of our life watching this 45 44 <laughs> minutes of my birthday TV. has passed we've gone I've gotten Disney. married had kids <laughs> it's like I have a son R2 and a daughter Evie I managed to bring my boyfriend over from England she's we're, married now we're getting married it's beautiful they um, had a lovely wedding in the countryside. They rented out Lindhurst Mansion. It was great. Because I also got rich in the course of this. Like, yep. it, it felt like that long. <laughs> like, when they're like, oh, it's sunrise. I'm like, oh, thank we fuck. We also kept getting interrupted. <laughs> we did. We, we had several interruptions while we were watching. But, like, you know how sometimes you get interrupted, but you, you get back into it and, like, you're like, yeah, where did that time go? When, so here's the other thing about Ghost Adventures. You kind of sometimes have a hard time figuring out when the end is coming near. Because this was very abrupt. Which, especially in locations where they're getting a lot of evidence, is not that unusual. Except they had three minutes of three men staring in the dark. I, I could have done without that. I could have so done without that. But they captured some interesting evidence in this episode. Honestly... This is one of the cases where the interviews were the best part. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're really, like, down on this episode. And in our defense, it's because it's... The the lockdown was not the best part. And it's, it's the part that took the longest emotionally. Yeah, I know. Like, the interviews were really interesting. It's an interesting location. Um, they talk a lot about the vault. It's a historically significant location. And when I say historically significant, I don't mean that there was a significant event that took place there, but places like the Edinburgh Vault, where you had uh, people of lower socioeconomic status, can really reveal a lot of archaeological historical evidence. So, And they say a lot about what was happening in the city during that time. Yeah, if you have a situation where your poor are literally pushed underground, that that says a lot about what's going on. Yeah. And when they finally decide, oh, we'll block it off, like, what's the sort of, like, what finally decides, oh, you know, this place where all these people are getting sick from, like, tainted rainwater and, you know, living underground and it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy, like, what it finally takes to close that, like, it's really interesting from an anthropological perspective and uh, I like that <laughs> but yeah like the beginning is so good and you get a lot of like the character of the city because they literally are talking to fucking strangers which also, that gives me anxiety yes also if you do hear some background noise at this point it's because i had to open a window because it was so hot so in here in. and i don't have air conditioning so right now here. so yeah i'm sorry yeah like it, it they were talking to all of these like local color sort of things, which they don't normally do. So, and the beginning is so vibrant and colorful, and there's things going on, and they're talking to strangers, and I really hope they got releases for that. And... No, they probably do. Usually for stuff like that, they actually ask you before they come up to you. It's okay, like, hey, or right after. It's like, hey, is it okay if we film you? Yeah, it's like, that was... <sighs> releases. It's I've done those interview on the street things. Yeah, you have, you have to, to get you have to get the waivers. It stresses me out though. It really does. I've I've seen too many student projects in this life. All right, so that was the Edinburgh Vaults. Yes, this is a good place to call it. Um, and the and this is the end of season 1. We made it. We made it through season 1. We've done 7 episodes. Have you listened to them all? You should. You should because we're adorable and hilarious. We're fun. We'll make your commute better, or your work better, or your life. So we hope. Uh, we cannot guarantee that. Alright, with that in mind, we begin season two next week. Okay, so the next episode is Preston Castle. Zach, Nick, and Aaron head to Ione, California for an adventure in a condemned building known as Preston Castle. 
The castle has a dark history as a former reformatory that housed angry juvenile offenders and abandoned children. It is the site of an unsolved murder, countless instances of corporal, corporal punishment, and the scene of many tragic deaths due to ravaging epidemics of tuberculosis and yellow fever. The boys have their hands full in this episode with the aggressive ghosts that are trapped within the confines of Preston Castle. I just want to make a note that they used the wrong sight. That is sight as in seeing, not sight as in location. You are right. If you ever need a proofreader, um... Travel I'm channel, un- you fucked up! I'm underemployed. Hey everybody, so that was about the point where our recording software decided that it wanted to freeze. So, we had stopped talking about the episode since we thought we weren't recording anymore. Hint, recording was still working. It's just that the program froze for whatever, but it was still doing what it was supposed to do. Thankfully, that was the end of our podcast anyway, so you didn't really miss anything. Thank you again for listening. You can catch us on Spotify and iTunes every Wednesday. Please subscribe, rate, and review. That'd be great. You can also find us on social media on Twitter at SFR, sorry, SRFT Podcast, on Instagram at Stop Running From This Podcast, and on our website at stoprunningfromthis.blueberry.net. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Bye! Zach, you would not survive in my family.